0: today with Todd Rothman, who's not a mom, but has three children and also runs a successful summer camp in New York, Suffern, New York. Uh, Summer camp is rebounding after a year without kids for so many camps across the nation. But Todd, you had kids at your camp last year and it was a successful year.
1: As successful as they come. Sure. Um, We had 450 campers here throughout the summer and 190 staff, and we had zero cases of COVID confirmed at least. And um, I can tell you that at least in my wife and I's 15 years of of running camp, it was by far the most rewarding experience we've had. Um, Certainly the most feedback we've had. I think more feedback from our parents, campers, and staff than in the prior 14 years combined, to be frank.
0: Because parents were probably like, thank goodness, My child was able to do something somewhat normal all summer, all day, having fun. And, you know, I was able to work from home or do whatever it is I had to do.
1: Yeah, everyone just needed it, right? Um, It was such a break in the clouds. It really was. Uh, It was like this little bubble of happiness here and comfort and safety. and, And if you can think back to last summer, there are obviously a lot of doubts about when would it get normal again for a lot of our children and ourselves as well. And uh, we were anxious before the summer, certainly, about how it would play out in terms of emotionally uh, for us, for our campers. And what we found very quickly uh, is that they had longed for it more than we could have ever imagined. And not just our campers, but our staff and, and we as directors, too, my wife Rebecca and I, Um, we've always appreciated what it means to have a camp and what it means to to run a business where you're making so many campers and so many staff happy. But I don't think we ever appreciated the impact we have until last year when um, we saw camp transform kids in front of our eyes from when they came in the first week. Um, A little anxious after having watched a screen for three months and not been around people to at the end of the summer, it, it and we really found some normalcy, and it was like this little bubble in uh, a very cloudy time that was 2020 for sure.
0: So, what's the prognosis for, for this year? Because camp starts now <laughs> for, for so many families and for you.
1: Yes, camp starts in, in five days, but I haven't been counting down at all. Um, we uh we expect it to be even bigger and better. We uh this year are at our artificial capacity, which is about 90% of our true capacity. But we have a wait list of over 150 campers. Um, and that is across the board. Every age, every location we pick up at. I've been offered all kinds of crazy things to have people's kids come to camp. Like what, course, like what, like um, what? I haven't. Uh... <laughs> oh, just, you know, they're a third born child, um, season tickets. No, I'm just kidding. But. Um, for sure, our parents have pleaded with us to, to find a spot for their camper, and uh, we back in February, many directors uh, who I spoke with uh, were concerned about the industry in general. First, would we recover, would we ever be the same? We hadn't had uh, experienced any demand for tours at all, and there was a, a genuine concern about whether the industry would be transformed. And then in March, when as vaccinations started uh, to become more available, and numbers started to settle down a little bit, it's honestly, it was like a door opened, uh, the the switch flipped, and suddenly we were overwhelmed with interest and demand from parents looking to send their kids, one, because they wanted to find some normalcy, two, because they realized that um, they weren't necessarily going to go back to full day in the school situation, and three, because Many parents obviously recognize that uh, for them, they might have to go back to work as well. Uh, So that the combination of those factors, plus obviously some extra disposable income from the past year, really propped up demand, I think, in a way that we've never seen before. Never mind the fact that I think parents just have a a greater appreciation for the socialization that their kids do receive uh, in a camp setting that they don't necessarily receive in a school setting, especially this past year.
0: So was the industry transformed?
1: We'll see. There's a lot of things that I think, as an industry, we will keep doing um, that we maybe hadn't done before, just in terms of group sizes. And uh, it was always uh, a competition among camps, uh, an unspoken competition about bigger and better and more and more. And last year, you know, it was such a simple, nice back to basics year. We realized that the magic of camp is not in necessarily the the most modern um, and uh, newest. Piece, uh, piece of equipment or a toy. It's really about the connections the kids make. And we always knew that, but the last year bore that out um, more than we could have ever imagined. So I, I think the industry was transformed in some ways. I think parents gained a, a great appreciation for the role we do play, almost as an extension of um, a typical year. I mean, we're, we're not academic by any means here, but certainly the education that the campers receive here socially and emotionally, is just as impactful, if not more, than what they received during the school year. So in a lot of ways, I do think we were transformed. And I also think that the quality camps made it through and uh, the way camps handled the situation last year helped them in the long run. And perhaps it was consolidated a bit. There are definitely some camps that unfortunately did not make it through. Um, so in some ways it was transformed, but I think uh, we'll have to wait for the next couple of years to see exactly exactly the impact this past year has had on the industry w- as a whole.
0: Will it look like 2019 this year?
1: No, it won't. What's um, different? Yeah, we'll, we'll be masking inside. All of our campers and staff, vaccinated and unvaccinated, will be masking inside. And that's mainly, one, obviously, uh, it's something that we included in our COVID prevention and response plan, and we feel very strongly about following through on, that, on the expectations that parents have when they sign up with us. But secondly, um, it's really about contact tracing at that point, right? We, we're allowed to have larger groups, but if we do, and should there be uh, a case, which I, I don't believe there will, but should there be a case, we'd like to minimize the impact on campers that have to be quarantined. And so our groups are smaller. They are separated from each other. We're not doing individual electives. We are doing group electives, but not individual electives where campers would mix with other campers. We've eliminated uh, most of our trips, um, and we're doing self uh, individual-served lunch, some other things that we're doing, keeping the, the campers away from each other in the pool, and a few other things. About 90% of our staff will be vaccinated, uh, not all, but 90% will be vaccinated, and for those that aren't vaccinated, uh, they will have been tested in this week prior to camp with a PCR test.
0: Why aren't you requiring 100% vac- vaccination for the staff? That's a good
1: question. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, there's a couple of reasons. One um, is that uh, I could tell you, first of all, when we put this plan in place, uh, vaccinations weren't as readily available uh, as they are now. Second of all, um, we have a number of staff that are uh, 16 and 17, and those decisions were made by their parents in in some ways. And so it's hard to refuse a a staff member from being here who had already signed on with us four or five months ago because of a decision that was taken out of their hands. Um, Another reason was, frankly, um, for a Uh, For a staff member to be fully vaccinated, they would have have to receive their first vaccination um, back in May, assuming they're going with the Pfizer um, or Moderna. They would have had to have it in the second or third week of May in order to have the second one in June, two weeks prior to start of camp. And frankly, the turnaround time just wasn't possible considering the number of staff that we still need to hire. And, and frankly, you know, from our perspective, the way we look at this anyways, the way we looked at this last year, Lauren, is that um, each of our, each of our counselors and has to assume that uh, they have COVID at all times uh, last year. And we did that uh, even though, of course, we, we didn't believe that to be the case. But by thinking that way and having that uh, belief that, okay, any time I might be contagious, Uh, they were really able to mentally adjust how far they had to be from campers, what they had to do to take precautions. And so by telling them, listen, at any time you could be a risk, uh, then we were able to keep uh, a safe community. And the same this year. You know, we're going to be outside where we know that uh, transmission is much less likely. And whenever we go inside, vaccinated or not, there's a higher risk of transmission. So we are going to assume that same thing, that anyone can have it at any time.
0: And probably such a small portion of children are vaccinated because it's 16 and up and you have so many young campers. But I have so many more questions for you. We'll be moming again today with Todd Rothman right after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News hourly update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. We're back on. We're moming today with the head of Deer Kill Day Camp in New York, Todd Rothman, who is also a dad of three. And your three kids are going to sleepaway camp, which is just so funny to me. Why don't they just come to your camp?
1: Well, actually, two of them are. My 14 oh, year old. Okay. Yeah, my 14 year old and my 11 year old are off. My six year old will be staying here with us. Um, and, uh, we send them away. We've sent them away for a few years now. It's, it's really for, for us, we feel that sleepaway camp is a, is a great step forward. We have lots of parents who call us, um, very anxiously to tell us that their children have moved on from uh deer kill day camp to uh, a sleepaway camp. And we always say, we're thrilled. That's, we did our job. You know, we make, we made camp something that the kids are excited about. So we always support that decision, um, wholly. And, For our campers, uh, for our children especially, um, we feel that their experience here might be a little different than the average camper.
0: Explain Just explain camp to viewers. Mm -hmm. See, I I didn't really get – I I went to, like, my town camp that was free when I grew up, yet I went away to college and, you know, my friends went to all these fancy camps and sleepaway camp and, you know, parents spent the equivalent of one year's college to send the kid to camp that year. Mm -hmm. So can you just kind of explain – what a fancy camp or what a sleepaway camp really is what it means how special it is
1: so uh, well i, I would want i might not use the word fancy um maybe uh a fancy word. for the pocketbook fancy for the pocketbook sure <laughs> that might be that might be a realistic word in that sense um you know a a a camp a good camp whether it be aca accredited there's american camp association is an organization that accredits uh, maybe I don't know, uh, 20% of the or 25% of the camps that are out there overall. Um, and the camps that fit in that bill that are are really comprehensive camp programs like ours, and like sleep, many sleep away camps, um, they offer incredible facilities, they offer incredible activities, a mix of different things that kids can explore. But most importantly, they have um, a very, very Supportive group of staff, an experienced group of staff. And really, that's what a camp is about is about the staff. You know, at some camps, you might find um, high school or college age staff, but uh, the good camps, they have mature, experienced staff, teachers, parents that oversee the development of a child. And- it's hard to explain camp to a person who's never been there. We often find ourselves in that role of having to do that when we have parents who come tour who haven't had the experience themselves. It doesn't take long though, once their campers are here for them to realize what it's about. It's it's really, it gives our campers, every one of our campers a chance to spread their wings, um, not in a school, not with their, their parents, but um, outside of their comfort zone, become someone different, become who they really are, learn about themselves, test themselves, whether it be at a climbing tower or an archery or swimming, um, explore new activities, but also explore friendships and connect with other people and not necessarily right under the watchful eyes of their parents. Uh, It's a great step in independence. Yeah, it is college. (laughs) And I I have to tell you, we have a lot of parents who talk to us, their their campers, their children are more prepared for college because they had this experience away. And, And frankly, it's, it's usually the parents that have a harder time. There's a lot of tears, the first day line, a lot of tears, but it's almost always from the parents, almost never the kids. Um, And we have a lot of, we have a lot of tears at the end of the summer from the kids when they say goodbye to each other. But, you know, camp is um, the reason why camp has um, such a, a firm place in our culture and among campers that um, have gone to camp in, in previous years is they look back at it as time as they could really find themselves, right. They could find themselves, um, and while working with others and exploring new things and, um, it's, it's learning who you are and learning, um, what you can be. And a lot of times they don't necessarily get that freedom in school. I could,
0: I could just hear so many moms right now or dads
1: mm-hmm.
0: saying, we're listening and saying, Oh darn, we don't have our kids going to camp. What would you say to them? What would you what would you recommend? I mean, because it's it was a tough year. And to just think these long, hot days, the next couple of months when the kids aren't in school or in Zoom school, they're, they're going to be home. But what would you what would your advice be to them?
1: Well, first of all, um, there may be camp openings for them. If you go to the American Camp Association in New York, New Jersey's website, um, there is a find a camp wizard. And there are people there who can uh, help you perhaps find a camp that fits your schedule and fits your interests. So that's the first thing I would say to do. But um, short of that, if they aren't able to necessarily find a full camp experience for the summer, there are weekly camps, there are bi-weekly camps. What I would not necessarily recommend is for them just to find a local teen and to build a a local neighborhood camp in their backyard. I think um, there's a lot of risk and issues with that, frankly, with supervision. I really do. And that was a concern of mine. But in terms of getting the experience uh, that camp offers, there's lots of activities that you can do, lots of things you can do. I think the most important thing for uh, children is to be able to explore new things, um, whether with their parents, whether going on trips, day trips, week-long trips, anything like that, Um, but places they haven't been, activities they haven't tried before. Certainly, it's not the same as a camp experience, but Uh, If you want your child to have some of that feeling without actually going to camp, then you have to be available for them and uh, give them the freedom to explore things they haven't explored before, for sure. Um, But that said, uh, most camps, most good camps start enrolling in August. And so the best way uh, to find a a good situation for your child to be in in the future is to tour some camps this summer. We often have parents who tour in January and February, and we had a wait list that started in late March, early April, after the wave of, of new interest came in. We always recommend that parents uh, tour in, in July or August or even September because most camps have an early registration discount in the fall, and that way you'll at least know you have a, a place to secure for next summer.
0: Are you a fun dad, Todd?
1: Depends on <laughs> when you ask my kids. Um, I, think every, I think all the kids that um all my kids friends think I think I'm a really fun dad I do lots of things I do lots of dad things lots of mom things I guess you'd say um and uh, I try to be a fun dad. If you ask my kids, they might have a different answer for you. I, you know, dad jokes might have been invented for me, actually. <laughs> um, so I make them feel incredibly awkward and I embarrass them at any time I can, which is my job, frankly.
0: But there's a certain energy level that's coming out in your voice. And I know by the nature of the work that you do, you know, you go in the fun dad. You go in the fun dad category. Um, I remember the beginning of last summer, at least. I kept thinking... You know, and I was working, but when I wasn't working, I'm like, okay, for my kids, I am camp, I am the toy, I am the entertainment, and it's mm-hmm. exhausting.
1: It is. <laughs> I, I have to say, you know, in my neighborhood and among my my uh, my children's peers, I, I am that guy who does silly things. I try to be. I, I feel like I identify truly more with children than I do with adults at times. I would much rather I would much rather hang with a bunch of kids for a day and play dodgeball and do tug of war and do art projects and just have fun than I would uh, going out to dinner with a, a, a bunch of adults. I that. <laughs> and I have great friends that I love going to dinner with, but if it, if I have to make a choice, I'm going to spend time with the kids. They Aww. just see the world differently, right? They uh, I still feel more like a. Uh, a an eight-year-old than a 48-year-old. I can tell you that much. That's um, awesome.
0: I'm jealous. Yeah. I mean, I, well, can, I can get no offense down to that level. Sometimes I, I realize I'm like, I'm like today I played really well with my three-year-old and it makes me feel so great, but it, it didn't last very long before I, I start being an adult again. Um, what's the, the number one question you got from parents this year compared to last year? How is it different?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, last year was all about COVID mm-hmm. almost all the time. Really? It was, it was, um, we, we didn't find out until June 3rd that we could open. and from Wow. State, yeah, and we were supposed to open June 29th. And um, so we had to delay it for a couple of weeks. But uh, we were uh, – and we had half our, half our parents withdraw within two weeks of, of us announcing that we were going to open. They were hoping we would be the bad guys. And when we weren't going to be the bad guys, suddenly they had to be and uh, cancel their, their child enrollment. But last year was all about COVID all the time. We had very few people who didn't have questions about how what we were doing on the buses and what we were doing with swim instruction and the groups and masks and everything else. This year- Nobody cares. Very, <laughs> it's true. No, I honestly, we I would say 5% maybe um, ask about COVID restrictions. One is we've been there done- that, right? We were there last year, we did it. Um, and uh, we had no cases at all It's very safe. Two is we have a 12 page plan on our website, which is available for them to review. Three is obviously, uh, they and their and the grandparents are vaccinated in many cases. And frankly, they're, they are craving uh, an opportunity for their kids to meet others and be social. So this year is much more about how close to normal will we be last year was much more about how far from normal can you be? <laughs> I guess that's the best way I could put it. Um, now people are, you know, frustrated about having to fill out a, a screening form in the morning, uh, which they're not going to have to do anymore. But uh, lo- those little things that I think they're just worn down. They just want to find a place where their kids can be themselves and can find some normalcy. And last year was the furthest thing from that.
0: Last question. Yeah, a lot sir. of parents have said, you know, I've been looking for, you know, for camps for my children, and, and you have to do this ahead of time. Um, And, you know, I liked this camp, I could afford this camp, but if there's a case of COVID, even though most of the camp is outdoors, they're shutting down the entire camp for two weeks, it goes to Zoom, and I can't get my money back. That just doesn't seem right. I understand camp's are business and they have to make money, but to shut an entire camp because of one COVID case for two weeks and not give parents their money back, that doesn't seem right.
1: Well, uh, what I would tell you is I, I, I don't know uh, of that policy of the camp. Um, every camp has to do what they have to do. And, and far bait for me to, to criticize um, another camp structure. There's a lot of costs that are, are set and fixed costs, whether it be busing or lunch or staff, um, et cetera. For us, if we have a case and we do have to quarantine, it'll be a small group of campers that will have to quarantine because we are keeping them separate. They are outside most of the time, almost all the time. Even on the buses, we have um, maps for the buses to know which child was in within six feet of another child. And if, if a child does have to go home, they'll be receiving a credit from us personally. Um, I can understand parents' frustrations. At the same time, you know, camps do commit most of their costs uh, and, and their expenses ahead of time, right? I mean, we spend 10 months getting ready for these 39 days, for us at least. 10 for two is what it's called in the industry. And so a lot of these things are fixed. And um, it, it, they're hard to cut back on um, if we have campers that are leaving. That's hard to just say, well, we're not going to pay our buses. We're not going to pay our counselors. So there has to be some some flexibility on both sides. Um, I don't know if necessarily a whole, a whole camp would have to close down for one case. I, I think it's case by case. And uh, it's really up to the local board of health. At least from our perspective, yeah. I don't think that would be the case. And yet. if
0: you mention Zoom to any parent right now, yeah. I mean, the conversation just stops. No, Zoom yeah. nothing. Camp is not on Zoom.
1: <laughs> and we did explore that last year. Right? <laughs> no. We, explored, we did. We explored virtual camp and we explored it for, I think, all of 20 minutes. Yeah. I, I mean, I really, we, we said, no, if we can't do camp here, if we can't do it in person, then we're not going to be doing it online. And, uh, and we, if you
0: don't come home from camp dirty, you had a bad day.
1: Those are the That's right.
0: That's right. Todd, thank you so much for the time.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz podcast. Dive deeper than the
1: headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on FoxNewsPodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.